Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. I'm Rebecca Lawrence and this is Voices. In this set of interviews, I will be focusing on issues of inclusion, diversity and allyship through intimate conversations with wine industry professionals from all over the globe. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps us cover equipment, production and publication costs. And remember to subscribe and rate our show wherever you tune in. Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast with me, your host, Rebecca Lawrence. I'm excited to be joined today by True Miller, winemaker, hotelier and horse lover from Valle de Guadalupe in Mexico. Welcome to the podcast, True. I'm so excited to have you talk about this wonderful wine region. I'm resisting saying new wine region because actually there's a a long history in, in Guadalupe, I understand. Yes, there is. Yes, there is. We we went from, I think, maybe our winery was number six in the valley, and I think now we have over 200. So, yes, it, it went very fast, and, and people just popped up from all over the place. And speaking from all over the place, how is it that a woman from the Netherlands suddenly finds herself as the first woman making wine in Baja, California? Can, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the journey that brought you to Valle de Guadalupe? My journey is a little bit sad and very beautiful at the end. I uh, really wanted to get into the wine business, but not knowing very much. I just only really knew about Napa. So I went to Napa to find out what was going on, what could I do. And my son was going to do this with me and was going to meet me there. And he died on the way to to the area. And so then I didn't really want to do anything with wine anymore. It was so sad because this lovely young man was going to to help me uh, start a winery in Napa. That was the idea. And so that was gone. I didn't want to go to Napa. I didn't want to start a winery. I didn't want to do anything. But he really um, was really into Mexico, and he wanted to be ambassador one day and for for the United States in, in Mexico or vice versa. But he uh, loved the Lady of Guadalupe, which of course is, is everybody knows in the whole world, but it's a Lady of Guadalupe from Mexico. And so I, you know, you do strange things after a child died. I was looking for places where, how, and then I heard about a Valle, Valley of Guadalupe in Mexico, where people were starting to make wine. And I got very excited and I said, I must go there immediately. And I did. And then things kind of just rolled around very easily. Somebody said, this land is for sale. Somebody else said, I can help you. One of the best winemakers said, of course I help you. One of the best best people in the field said, I'll help you too. And it was really, really easy how all this started. And then I had to think of a name, of course, and I wanted the Guadalupe name in there. And I made it Adobe because Adobe in many languages means like a home. And so I thought that was good. And then I had to think of the names of the wines. And I thought maybe the ni- names of the of the wines could be named after the after the angels. So that was it. That's just so beautiful to take something so tragic and somehow find such a positive outcome that you can then share with people. I think that's a beautiful story. Yes, thank you. And, and I, uh, every time it makes me happy and sad at the same time to tell this story and I think, oh, people must be so tired of this story. But this is what it is. So I'm stuck with the story and I'm proud of the story and I'm so glad you asked. 
So let's dive into the wines a little bit, because there's been some discussion, I understand, about the salinity of the wines, the minerality of the soil, combined with this very particular microclimate that you have. Is this why you were so keen to work with the, because you're working with the great agronomist, Jose Fernandez? Yes, yes. And he is one of the best in the country, and he knows he's been here forever, and he knows the land like nobody else. It is true. It's, there's salt, there's this, there's that. We don't have enough water, and that's really our problem here. We don't have enough water. Where we try oh, almost every day to see where we can get water from. Maybe we can get water from the ocean. Maybe we can get water from another city. Maybe we can do this so we have water commissions and all that kind of thing. Meanwhile, uh, we live with what we have and are very happy when it rains. And uh, actually, we're now in the rainy season, and... Very little has come down, but uh, we hope for the best. Because there is so so little water, the plants are in this, uh, of course, are in the ground, and they're drier, and so that makes you know a different kind of grape. And in our case, that works very well because it it, it makes it like a special grape, and it's because really it's because we don't have enough water. I imagine you have very low yields and a lot of concentration in your grapes, giving you that extra intensity in the wines. That That is so true. The good thing here, of course, is that we don't have uh, to stick with one vari- variety. You know, we can do here what we want. So in that case, uh, it wasn't just, you know, one kind of one kind of uh, grape that we, that we could use. We could use all the grapes we wanted. So that's why we have most of our grapes are are a mixture yeah i was going to ask because i saw that most of your wines are blends rather than single varietals so is this the reason so that you can sort of take the the quality from each of the different grapes and put it together because you have got this very particular situation yes and we are allowed you know um (laughs) we can do what we want and so we try all kinds of things and what we're not we not so much anymore because uh, we know what we're doing and i think the angels that we have we call it celestials are are pretty much set in the way but we can still change certain uh, certain years we make uh, small changes and see how that goes but basically the the angels that we have we stick with them and we stick with the varietals yeah it's it's it is interesting that you say that you know you blend because you're allowed to because this is one of the great things about let's say an emerging wine region is that often they don't have that kind of denominational control for example here in Italy with the denominazione you have very strict controls about what you can and can't put into your wines but this must give you a real freedom when you start experimenting to just do do what you wish and find the blend that suits you I mean, where can you do that? You know, I mean, yes, you could do it maybe in, in uh, I'm from the Netherlands, so you could do it in the Netherlands, but who would want to because the weather is not good enough. So really, this is absolutely wonderful. And it was one of the reasons that I got so excited that we could actually blend blend the wine and, uh, and come up with something very, very different and very special. And so the wines that we have, we're very proud of and uh, are trying every year to more or less use the same wines of of the year before so speaking of things that are very special grow the italian varietal nebbiolo so what what drew you to this variety and how does it express itself in guadalupe you know at the nebbiolo wonderful right we have an italian winery here who brought the nebbiolo grape 
and you know we we bought something you know, to 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 use it here and we thought it went really really well and it was very elegant and very very red in a different way and uh so we made that and then i'm sure you're familiar with the hotel chain in mayakoba mayakoba what is it mm. the rosewood hotels yes in fact, I used to work with the executive chef of the Rosewood Hotel in London. Did you really? I did, yes. But I'm looking forward to Amsterdam because they're going to open very soon. <laughs> and so the Rosewood in, in Mayakoba, in Hana Riviera Maya, in Cancun, we became friends and the chef said, I really like Nebbiolo. And I said, okay, we'll just make, make a Nebbiolo for you. And then Rosewood said, can you make it for us? And so we make it exclusively for them, and they're showing it in their fancy dining rooms, and, and, and I'm very excited. And it's because it is really a wine to have with a, maybe not a fancy dinner, but with a dinner, I think. You know, it's, it's, it's a dinner wine, and I think they really saw that and really believed in it, and hopefully they'll send it to some more Rosewoods around the world. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope I can see it on the menu in London next time I'm back there. That would be very exciting. Insist. <laughs> yeah, I must say, I really want to live all of Exactly. So with the travel, have you, have you traveled to Italy? Yes, I have. And if you, if, if you like, I have a, a small story because I thought about this so much. You know, I'm from World War II in, in Europe, of course. And so the first trip we took, my mother, my father and I, after the war was to Italy, where we were going to Italy. And so um, and we had a Citroën and my mother had her, her leather gloves on and I'm an only child sitting in the back. You know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, we went to, uh, of course, we, we, we passed Reims, where all the champagne buildings had been bombed out. And I remember that very, very vividly. And then we went to Italy. We went to uh, North, North Italy, to Piemonte, for the Bar Barolos and the Barbarescos, of course. And then we went further south. We went to Tuscany. And, uh, of course, my mother said, you know, like a child, just, you know, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I'm sitting in the back of the car. And then I think I fell asleep because then she said, we're here. And so we're going up the lane and to the left of the lane are all horses. To the right are all the, the wines growing. And it was beautiful. And the sun was setting. And I said, where, where are we? Where are we? And my mother said, this is Sasakaya. Oh, <laughs> wonderful. And I was just amazed. And I was eight years old. How could I remember all this? And so when you told me that you were in, in Italy, I thought, oh, if you have time to listen to my little story, that would be so nice. Thank you. And this is also perfect because you do have a love of horses and you have horses on your estate. Absolutely. Yes. We have um, Aztecas, uh, which is a blend, um, like the wine. It's a blend of a, a typical uh, horse from, from southern Spain and a horse from the northern part of the United States. You know, I love to have the Spanish horses here, but you know, you need to come here because the, the mountains are tough. They're, they're too tough for these beautiful Andalusian horses. And so what we did we started to uh, breed them with the horses from uh, Colorado and, 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 and typical American horse. So we would have the strength and the beauty in a horse. And those horses became Azteca horses. And in 1972, we made sure that, that they were 
written up in in the books and and as 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 something uh, legitimate. And so those are the horses that I have. I'm very proud of them. So again, they look really beautiful and they're gorgeous, but they're quaff. See, just just like your wines. <laughs> so you say, you know, I should come and visit. And obviously, if I could travel, I would I would be there in a second. And you do actually have a hotel as well. I do you believe that more wineries should be branching into to enotourism? Oh, I think so. I think this valley is just, you know, it's it's exploding. And I think, wouldn't it be wonderful if we had more hotels and better hotels and, and, and more courses about wine, more courses maybe about horses, more courses about anything you can think of to make your stay more pleasant for a person? I'm really thinking of the people who, especially now, in these difficult times, they have been so in-house and not eating well, not this and that. Wouldn't it be beautiful if you could just pop, pop into the valley and, and go to, for example, to Adobe Guadalupe and have a wonderful dinner with a great wine. And then we have our, our rooms, they're normal rooms, but they have bathrobes from from something special and this and that and the flowers and, and the wines. So I think it would be so nice if you could just pop pop over the border and, and do this for a weekend, a long weekend or longer. Uh, learn, not only just relax, but learn about wines, learn about animals, learn about really flowers, learn about all the things that we have to offer, but in a very relaxed way. That's what I really like to do. I think this is a really great direction for these emerging wine regions to be taking because it makes you so much more invested in the area if you can see where the wines are being made and this is something that we're so used to in in Europe you know here we can just drive through the wineries and I think this is a great direction and I'm I'm so excited that this is something that you've been doing so that it's it's not just about the wine it's about the culture and the history and the environment and the nature all around you Yes, and you know, Mexico as a country has such stories and such a, such a history and so different. And you and I from, are from Europe, which of course is incredible and, and beautiful. But it's like Mexico has, has all these different states and all these different states have different food and they, they have different songs and they speak differently. And it really is an interesting country. So you have wine, you have horses, you have a hotel, and now you even have a tequila. So what's next for you, True? The tequila is, is the latest thing. I just got the okay to be selling in the United States, which of course is hard. The tequila is called Tia Tula, and it's made really for to help women get stronger. We uh, put the wine, uh, we put the uh, tequila in barrels of our wine that have been used and that uh, come from France and that are still very good. And so the tequila gets a little bit of a color from from that. And it's dedicated mostly to the women, like last year was the, the year of the woman, to, ha- to drink tequila that is so strong, but with a touch of softness, which comes from the French barrels uh, where we have uh, put the, um, the tequila. And so I named it Tia Tula. It's a story about a woman who really wanted to study and was ready to study. And then the last minute she was was told that she couldn't because she had to take care of three children from her brother. And so she had to postpone her university for about 20 years, but she did it anyway. Just to show that, that as women, what we can do, we can drink tequila and we're strong 
and uh, it might be a little bit softer because it has a touch of, of the wine barrel, very, very fancy from France. So I thought it was a good combination. It's a great combination. And normally when I do these interviews, it makes me fancy a glass of wine, but now I'm thinking of a margarita. <laughs> there you go. The slogan is, let me see, in English it would be to better to choose than to be chosen. And which is so true in, in, in life. And so um, I'm so proud. And then we had the Year of the Woman, and we just really pushed this wine and, and the, the wine, of course, and this tequila, mostly for, for women to feel strong. That's just brilliant. So before we uh, close our interview today, I have to ask you, of course, what you're drinking. <gasps> what am I drinking? This is another thing we did. You know, everything was so hard these last, this last year. And our wines are pretty pricey because we really give, it a lot of, give them a lot of attention. And we really only feel that we sell good wine. So I wanted to do something for people for um, easy for a better price. So you people who were losing money and were having a harder time to still have you know a taste of of, of our wines. So we came out with a basically we used the the grapes that were uh, left over from all the good wines and we put it together and we made a jardin de true. My name is True and made it. A, an inexpensive wine, but a good wine, but just in these difficult times that we could still have good wine and not spend God knows how much money. Well, True Miller, thank you so much for joining me on the Italian Wine Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure to have this conversation and learn a little bit more about what you're doing. Where can our listeners go to find you and your wines? Uh, of course, we are on Instagram, Facebook, and our website. Fantastic. So we will link to all of those in our social media. Trumila, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Hope to see you soon. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Himalaya FM and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.